Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Revolutionize the Stage podcast presented to you by Venue Live. My name is Emily Heidel, and we have a very special fashion guest with us today, Paul Jong. Yay! Thank you for for coming. I have to say, um, actually, before I have to say whatever I have to say, can you introduce yourself for people who are not aware of you? Uh, Thank you, Emily. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Paul. Um, I've been in and out of fashion industry for the last couple years. Okay. Um, I currently work uh, at this company called ALTM Group, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll dig into a little bit more of that. Yeah, yeah, and and so in doing some research on Paul, first of all, we were also introduced through a mutual friend slash coworker um, for some work you've been doing lately with uh, BM of Card, uh, which we can talk about later, but as I was researching you, um, I found out that you are one of top, one of Harbor Bazaar's top seven one of top seven street photographers would you say that you are such as well uh i think they i'm very thankful for Mm. them (laughs) Mm -hmm. putting me on the top seven um Mm -hmm. i definitely would place other people on you know in front of me um Mm -hmm. very humble i mean you know it's uh they paved the way and um Mm. you know maybe it would have been a timing thing but Mm -hmm. um tommy adam tyler phil Um, Soren, yeah, everyone. Soren? Soren Yepsen. Oh, okay, he okay. Been, I think he was in maybe the list as well, but yeah. Ah, okay, Just okay. Just list of you. Yeah. Before we started this, Paul was like, I'll be honest, there are many more, much more qualified people, and I'm like, well, I don't know if Harper Bazaar is featuring just anybody these days, you know? Um, but I digress. Uh, as I saw that you were like one of the top seven street photographers, I was like, I have to try to dress as if I... Um, in streetwear today. So, um, how did I? I'm kidding. <laughs> how did I do? 10 out of 10. Oh, 100%. thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Do you normally dress like st- you're not like this isn't streetwear attire, right? No, no. For me, um, I focus on function. Um, oh, okay. And I usually just keep a few pieces that I really wear often all the time. Mm. But, um, yeah, even fashion wise, um, I mean, Korea is so fashionable. Mm-hmm. So, many more people who are more you know, put together in terms of fashion. This I is know. very put together. We're no, no. About. It is. I it, And also there's like a little pop of like the blue and it, I don't know, it works very well together. Thank you so much. But you said, so function meaning like, like, you know, okay, meaning like, um, like it just, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. So okay. um, typically if you saw me, you know, in Paris or something, um, I would be wearing something like with Gore-Tex something. So that Gore-Tex? I could do, yeah. So like um, outerwear. Oh, so that uh, I could, you know, a lot of times we have to do our jobs outside. And so mm. functionalize in like something that could actually uh, enable us to, you know, do our job properly instead of, you know, if you're wearing something nice, you know, if it's raining, it's snowing, mm-hmm. you know. I see. Okay. So you wear it for, okay. Got it. And now also in introducing yourself, um, you have done photography for most of your career. Uh, actually, like maybe two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Um, it actually, st- I started 2018, mm-hmm. the summer of, or spring summer. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I was in project management for an American company. Mm. So. Okay. And then now you've just kind of started to transition into we branding, do, PR. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We do branding. We do PR, mm-hmm. um, handle communications, but also um, we manage some artists and represent them. 
Okay, I see. So before we get into that, ALTM group, it's not, so it's not Alt-M, ALTM? Yeah, ALTM. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Alt-M, what the heck? No, no, many people are like, is that Alt-M or is it ALTM? Yeah. ALTM. Okay, got it. All right, we'll get into that a little later. But first, how did you get into fashion photography? Um, so actually, just a, a German and a Swiss friend um, who's visiting for Soul Fashion Week, mm -hmm. um, they invited me out just to hang out um, for one of the days during, um, I think, April or March when they had the Fashion Week at DDP. Okay. What uh, year was this? Uh, 2018. 18. Okay. And then um, I wasn't very happy with work, you know, um, and so we just started this conversation, and mm -hmm. um, all in all, I ended up quitting my jobs two weeks later. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's one of those, you know. And, wow. Um, and then just I went off. Wow. So, um, yeah, and then I just uh, went to Georgia. That was my first country that I went to. Okay. Just a few weeks after for their fashion week, and then um, from then it what? Kind of started. Yeah. Wait, well. Georgia, the, uh, the, the country. The country, the right, country, right, right. Country. But still, like, your uh, two friends invite you, and you're like, hey, I'm chilling. Quit your job two weeks later. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, you're at another fashion week? Yeah, so they have one. They usually had like one or two around um, last week of last week of April or May. Mm -hmm. And so after I quit my job, just got my stuff together, and then on my way. But how did you like get a portfolio? Like how? I uh, didn't really have a portfolio. What? Um, what? What me, were you doing at Georgia? In Georgia, like what were you doing? Uh, I had a plan. Um, I like a, I had a approach that I kind of put together, like a strategy, I suppose, and then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just had a few pictures that I took um, with my Swiss and German friends. Uh -huh. And then it was enough to land my first gig. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. Wow. Okay. So. That's pretty. Wow. I, so, okay, first of all, are you a strategic person? Yeah, very. Very strategic. <laughs> yeah. uh, I see. I see. Particular? Uh, I don't know. I mean, depends. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I like to take r risks uh, when I can, but, you know, I like to... Okay. Why why Georgia's Fashion Week? So I think when people think about fashion, um, people usually think about, you know, New York, London, mm -hmm. Milan, Paris. And mm -hmm. so of course it's really important, but um, you know, the world's developing and one of the key fashion weeks or um areas that I wanted to explore but also was interested in was Tbilisi, the Georgian fashion. So, really? yeah, they have some de incredible designers that, you know, dress the likes of Kim Kardashian, oh. Bella Hadid, you know, the list oh. goes on. But uh -huh. kind of a hidden gem. And so, yeah. Um, and I was due for vacation, you know, working for the company for so long. So yeah. just those two things together and, you know, this and that. And Wow, the yeah. timing. So what was your first gig? Uh, I covered, I think, the Tbilisi Fashion Week for Heisnob. Okay, okay. Um, I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Is it like a high fashion? Is that a high fashion brand? Uh, I think they're an important outlet um, and figure in okay. fashion right now. Okay. I think they're doing things a little bit differently, and they have been. And um, they do, like, uh, news. They do drops. I think they uh, even have their own, like, um, e-commerce and stuff. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So before going into that fashion world or into that fashion week, what, was your, what were your, you know, thoughts or – the stereotypes that you expected um, into, you know, and going in? Um, I think, like most people, I think the barrier to entry, I, th I mean, is, you know, I thought it'd be a strong, like, 
too high for me to climb, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought people would be, like, total snobs. and you know? Right. But um, fortunately, like, from the very first time that I met, started working and mm-hmm. meeting people, um, I was introduced to a different side of fashion that was, uh, mm. I suppose, more accommodating, but also, like, just a real good sense of community in that sense. I see. How so? Like, how was it a different side? In terms of, like, what I expected? Yeah. Are we allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. I thought they'd be straight-up assholes. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'm sure there are people who are a bit more um, opinionated or, you know, mm. have a stronger stance, but they were just much more nice and um, willing to take me under and, oh, that's um, good. you know, show me around and uh, help me with this process. So, mm-hmm. very different side than the whole cold-cutting, yeah. you know, b2b type of you know yeah that's what it, it feels or from the outside looking in it looks like just so cut through i mean i'm sure it is very cutthroat but like it looks very cutthroat and like you just have to, it's like horrific not horrific i should say but like pretty tough to like yeah. you know deal with um so from there you started just like freelancing back to back to back and that kind of thing yeah so typically i think people revolve around the two seasons um mm. so spring summer and fall winter or autumn winter mm-hmm but um, I started going to all the developing markets in addition to those four. Okay. And so I guess I was more, I don't want to say committed, but I was just more interested in, you know, growing through these developing markets as well. Mm. And so I think that's part of the reason why I was able to kind of climb a little bit quicker. Developing markets like where? I went to Almaty, Kazakhstan, oh, um, Copenhagen, Oslo, mm. Stockholm, mm-hmm. um, Shanghai. The rest I forget. Uh, yeah. But yeah. You've been everywhere. Yeah, I've been, I've been around. So in the last, okay, so that's in, okay, so that all happened, started like three years ago. So mm-hmm. like in those three years, you've traveled so, I mean, of course, sans COVID. So like pretty too, much two and a half years or a year and a half, you were just going, going, going. Yeah, just um, I think there were me and a few other guys, we were like, traveling like upwards of 300 plus days out of the year. Wow. Just on what? the road. So yeah, um. You know, I'm currently based out of, you know, Seoul, but right. I was just never home. Wow. Oh, my God. So what was that like going at you come back to sometimes? I mean, maybe like let's say you have to be in, I don't know, Kazakhstan one day, but then the next you need to be in like the next week you need to be in Shanghai or Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Would you go back to Seoul and then or would you just go straight? And just straight. Like, OK, um, we got really used to uh, packing well and um, mm-hmm. functionality yes, ma'am. yeah keeping it all small and, and compact wow that's so cool did you ever think that you would ever be at this point ever in your life uh to be honest i mean no actually uh-huh. i never thought i mean i always wanted to go to europe and always wanted to uh travel but i just mm-hmm. uh, growing up i just never had you know i was i grew up in a a set setting that you know allowed me to think maybe this would not be possible, but mm. I realized, you know, if you put your mind to it and, you know, mm-hmm. through these experiences, it made me very thankful that I was able to uh, travel to all these countries. And, yeah. Yeah. So you're from Portland, Oregon. Mm. Um, what is the fashion scene like there? Very functional. Oh, okay. <laughs> very hipster, very functional. Oh, hipster. Is it kind of like, because honestly, when I think of that northwestern part of the country, I think of Seattle and I think it's like very like eclectic and I've heard Portland's very like, like, uh, clean and new and that kind of thing yeah and um very set on sustainability and um, yeah i suppose yeah just the focus is sometimes on different things but um it's like a very temperate like rainy temperature mm. just the northwest in general so 
we grew up uh, wearing like Columbia or like North Face Patagonia. Or exactly. I see. I see. I see. Do you miss that? All the time. Okay. All the time. Would yeah. you ever move back there? I think I want to. Um, it's more of a uh, 40, 50 plus type of conversation, I think. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I think Asia and Europe is like a young person's game, you know? So I just want to okay. go as long as possible and yeah. you know, explore. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, one thing that we, or the reason why we were kind of like connected was, um, and, you know, we are in an online concert company, so there has to be a little music involved in the right. combo. Um, you did a lot of street photography, freelance photography um, up until, what was it, this year yeah. um, with ALTM Group. Yeah. You started that. How? First of all, can you describe or introduce what is ALTM Group? So, to be honest, it's a little bit, hard for us to just pinpoint one thing. Okay. We'll do a little bit of everything, but mm-hmm. um, we represent both celebrities and brands on both sides. Okay. We work to um, kind of create collaborations, projects, mm-hmm. PR, branding for you know individuals and mm-hmm. whatnot. So that's kind of what we do for now. But You're one of the co-founders, right? Yeah. Okay. How many co-founders are there? Just two. Oh, so, okay. Shout out to Isaac, you know. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. Okay, so... What is the meaning behind the name ALTM? <laughs> Actually, um, ALTM is pretty, probably pretty close. I think mm-hmm. we were looking for like an ultimate method, you know, to Ooh. how um, this type of situations or projects were being approached across mm-hmm. waters, like between cultures. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, I think, what we started off with. Okay. And then landed on ALTM. Oh, I see. Alternate method. Okay. So how is it an alternate well, you said like between cultures and that kind of thing. I think our company is a little bit different because just off the start, um, my partner or co-founder is in uh, China. I'm oh. based here. And then um, we just recruited another person. But um, mm-hmm. I think we both are Korean-American. So we kind of come from a Western background. And mm-hmm. then we both have put in, you know, five plus years. Him, I think more like 10 plus in Jeez. Asia. So wow. we feel like either the 100% approach coming from Asia to you know, the West mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think we can be a, a good bridge for that, like mm. um, the transition. Mm. So correct me if I'm wrong, your mm-hmm. first sort of celebrity was or is BM, yep. right? Or publicly BM. Um, someone, if you guys aren't familiar, BM is, a, I guess, I don't know, is he like K-pop idol slash like rapper? It's a, yeah, he's part of an idol group called Card. Card, right. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was, they were a bit controversial in, in the sense that there were two boys and two girls. Yeah. Which is kind of, usually it doesn't happen in K-pop. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then he's a hip-hop artist, like solo artist. So Exactly. Yes. Um, also love his hosting abilities on, when he was hosting on Get That's Real, right. Dive Studios. Um, I always find a way to shout out Dive Studios <laughs> here. But um, so, and I think it was very interesting to, from the outside looking in, seeing that he was like suddenly going, I remember he posted something like he was going to New York, Paris, and somewhere milan and then somewhere else la i think it was and it was like oh, what's like and it, it was clear it was something fashion related but and then when people kind of saw it i remember just people being like whoa like he's yeah. like modeling like and stuff like yeah. that uh and i I'm, you were very much responsible for or you know ha- making that happen in different ways okay so what was that experience like pitching someone like bm you know six two like pretty built guy like different from uh, slim, slim, slim model. What was that experience like? Just from the inception of our conversation with BM and just working together from ALTM, um, 
Yeah, he BM is quite different from all the other, I suppose, idols. Mm-hmm. Just because, uh, I mean, he's Korean American, and then the way he's built and just his aesthetics is quite different, right? Mm. And so, in terms of value, we really saw him as a hidden gem, and you know, mm. he's so down to earth. We love working yeah. with him. So, mm-hmm. um, pitching was actually not that difficult. Really? Okay. Um, I mean, it, it's not just us. I think. For sure, we had a good network. We had good people around us mm-hmm. to be able to work this and you know push this quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot easier than I thought. Yeah. Is it di- like and you mentioned how he's down to earth? Does that mm-hmm. play into like how brands would receive him, or more of just like and also to be quite honest, too, brands really just look at like okay, this person fits how we want our brand to look, like facial structure, like you know, like that kind of thing. Um, a little bit of both. I think okay. at the end of the day, you always want to work with people that you like, and mm-hmm. you know, and BM is definitely one of those people. And in terms of aesthetics, I think I I can't really talk about the collaborations too much. Totally, yeah. But in terms of the collaborations we did, mm-hmm. they were a really good match for each other. So, mm. so what is kind of what you I guess what is your goal for Alt M as time goes on and um, you guys grow? So we're pushing China. And we're pushing developing markets in Asia. And okay. So we really want to, as I've said, um, we really want to be spearheading, like, you know, this whole transition between the East and West. And I know, I feel like Asia's due for a second wave, you know. Mm. It's really exciting time to be here um, and just rolling off the post-corona, you know. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's just a special energy here. So yeah. we wa- really want to be um, part of that and showcase talent here you know mm-hmm. asian talent and then introduce them to the rest of the world now with someone like uh, or you know let's say like an idol that's a part of a company that is kind of maybe notoriously not saying bms is but sure. uh known for being you know restrictive or kind of just like following each of the idols moves and kind of saying yes or no to a lot of them um is it is it difficult how do i say it? Mm. When you take on a new artist, do you want, or a new brand, or yeah, really artist, uh, do you want the company to give you kind of like full creative control to be able to pitch how you see fit? I think it's definitely easier if mm-hmm. we have that, um, just because then we can really have an honest conversation with the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Or the group, I suppose. Um, and just, you know, have a conversation about, you know, what where they want to become, like, mm. you know, end up at. What do they want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are cases definitely where, you know, to, to some part, to some extent, it is more difficult not having that, you know, yeah. flexibility. Yeah. Because we do have to operate within, you know, the bumpers. Mm. <coughs> so you just said that you got back, or you were in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Did you just get back from L.A.? Yeah. Okay. And how long were you in L.A.? I think just five, six days. And then before that, were you in... Paris? Yes. Okay. And before that, you were in Milan. Yes. Okay. So that was your first time traveling since all of COVID? Uh, I was in Europe since, I think, oh. August. Yeah, I was there for Copenhagen Fashion Week. And then, um, oh. yeah, BM ended up joining us um, I see. towards uh, Milan. Um, but, yeah. How do you balance? Okay. So, first of all, like like you said, like your clothes is about functionality and things like that. How do you balance, like, being in seven different, or not time zones, but, like, working with a bunch of different time zones? seemingly a lot of different personalities and people and things to juggle like how are you like as a person are you an organized person in that way um to be honest at the expense of my own oh <laughs> energy I, you know, you know um, yeah yeah 
but yeah i try to stay as organized as possible um Mm -hmm. you know with this line of work i feel like with you know similar to others um we do have to get confirmations on a lot of different you know ends Mm -hmm. and so there are just some things i just can't control and you have to wait on but i try my best to uh, be as punctual as possible and Mm -hmm. push things do you have a routine in terms of just like daily life coffee coffee okay always uh-huh. coffee coffee uh-huh. is you know essential okay um i try to work out whenever i can mm-hmm. go for a quick run mm-hmm. whichever and then um music i need i need like music mm-hmm. to keep me going yeah do you find that you have to do a lot of networking or is it just something natural to you uh you know it's hard to be honest with you it's harder for me to network okay um, i used to think i was an extrovert but now more than ever i think i'm an introvert really and so yeah it's um why is that just the way i approach things and um i don't know just over the years um i hear more and more often are you introverted you know or like Hmm. those questions and so whatnot but um yeah we do have to network a lot Mm -hmm. almost every day (laughs) yeah you mentioned how you approach things Mm -hmm. as in like i imagine you maybe have to be careful about all the time okay all the time i think we, I mean, we, o- f- of course, represent our company, but we also represent our artists yeah. and the brands. And so I have to be careful mm-hmm. and mindful about that as well. Were you mindful about it before all then? As mindful? As much as I could be. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. In it, when you're networking with people, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, like you said, it's across brands or uh, different artists and things like that, they sometimes I feel would want to know, like, okay, this is who you're working with, right? Um, in somewhat a little bit of this capacity, are you allowed to like divulge that kind of information, or are you still a little case by case? case I think it's case. case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, the people that we do approach are the organizations or brands. Mm-hmm. We're quite careful about how we approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, like we really do have like a a strategy for six months, a year. You know, people really? that we really, yeah. We started out with and and so within those confines you know we can make things work definitely if someone were to come to you and say okay i want to be like can you represent me uh, all them uh do you, you ask them their goal first and then you create a strategy around that or you say like this is where i think we can get you we actually it's funny you say that because mm-hmm. just four days ago mm-hmm. we did get approached um but the number one thing i asked them is realistically what they want yeah what the what values they you know hold themselves to what their goals are stuff mm-hmm. like that and we go from there um, i see but you know this is i'm quite honest and so mm-hmm. and transparent so just like no bullshit you know that's good that's good that's what you need no sugar coating do you ever turn down clients yeah i see i see interesting i think um you know i think th- the industry here is quite saturated in some sense but there's a lot of um the in, in korea or okay just worldwide, but okay. specifically in Korea, sometimes it can be saturated, and um, it's really important for us to be transparent with the people we work, mm. and to just make sure they understand that, like, you know, if this is something that's not going to work out, I just want to let them know up front so that you know we don't waste each other's time, and just it's more respectful that way. Mm. Um, I don't want to promise them anything that we can't deliver on. Based on their goals that they give you, both ends. I mean, okay, uh, just to have that conversation and. Um, yeah, we really just, we respect everyone who reaches out to us mm-hmm. and, you know, who we reach out to, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, um, for us, it's like, 
don't know. It's a very curated approach, and mm. yeah, we just don't want to be wasting anyone's time. I'm very tempted to ask what, so that people. I'm kidding. I was going <laughs> to ask like, what kind of clients do you turn down? <laughs> you can't reveal that though. We've turned on an idol before recently. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's. I think people are curious about definitely the noise we're making. Yeah. Um, it's a different approach, and we have been getting it a bit of a fast track traction. Mm-hmm. So people are interested, but you know, again, we really want to like give a personalized approach to these people that mm. we work with and like actually make an impact. And yeah. so I personally don't like to promise anything I can't deliver on. Yeah. And so that extends to people that, you know, even if they come from a good place and reach out to us, mm-hmm. if I just um, have a hard time, you know, seeing anything coming from it. Yeah. Not to knock on them at all, but you know, just yeah. between us, like, if we can't reach a certain understanding. Yeah. What is, what is your goal with Altim? Honestly. Ultimately. I do really want to see the proper bridging between cultures here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not just about the numbers. So, you know, some brands just care about the numbers. No, there's like, I think there's something really special going around. And, you know, in conjunction with globalization, mm-hmm. I think we really do have a unique opportunity to showcase mm-hmm. some talent or, you know, creatives here. Yeah. But also vice versa. Mm. Give them a platform, give them opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's what we're really keen on, connecting people, mm-hmm. cultures. So when you, uh, you know, in shooting models, uh, professional models, and compared to maybe shooting artists, I've seen you, you know, you shot uh, Jenny, uh, you, um, and people like that. Is there a difference between, or is there any coaching you have to do between like an artist who's used to kind of maybe shooting mm-hmm. for music videos and that kind of thing rather than like high fashion? I think it's also case by case. Okay. So in terms of the campaign um, BM just shot, mm-hmm. he, our shoot with them, that whole day went by so quick. Oh. Like um, we were, I think, supposed to stay for like 10 hours. Mm-hmm. We finished in like three or four. Really? Just because um, compared, not to knock on everyone, anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Everyone uh, there was super amazing, but mm-hmm. um, BM just knew exactly what to do. Okay. He was very receptive to like what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, to piggyback off that, sometimes when you shoot an artist, like on the music side, it's harder for them to like, you know, kind of pose or... Why is that? Just not used to it. Um, mm. I think it's vice versa. Like, it's harder for you to expect models to be, you know, know how to like take the stage, right? When you're uh, performing. I see. So models are very used to and they, they through experience, they understand like what looks good for them, mm-hmm. what the photographer, or, you know, the creative director, what the brand wants you know, as an end result. So mm. in that sense, it's definitely easier. Mm-hmm. It's already refined. Mm-hmm. Um, but for artists, it's very case by case. Mm. Um, for IU, oh my goodness, 10 mm. seconds. Really? <laughs> She's so good. BM, amazing. Yeah. Um, th- when I shot Jenny, I think she was a bit younger uh-huh. in Chanel. So yeah. I think that may have had to do with like a little bit of like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for the most part, um, I think idols or talents in Korea are quite well, you know, prepared for that. That's so interesting because I would think like, you know, they have with their, you know, with each comeback they have, they have their like jacket shooting or like their album photo shoots and like they have to pose for that. So I would assume that like, oh, of course they're like good at, you know. Sometimes though it just, you know, maybe it's like them getting off off guard or maybe it's the situation where it's like they know it's not for a music video or like, you know. Like, yeah, they the know it's a different context. Yeah, you know, context, right. you're right. Okay, interesting. And and so what makes somebody like able to 
be good. I think know? it's both ways, though. Um, sometimes it's the person directing. Sometimes okay. it's the person who's, you know, receiving the, the directions, right? Sometimes, like, for example, a photographer may not be able to give the best directions. Okay. So that, you know, disables basically the person who's receiving mm. to, po- you know, pose or model properly. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Mm. So, in direct, are you, would you say you're good at directing? There are many better people in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But um, I usually just stick to, I think, a very short list of commands. Or like... Okay, like what? Uh, it's. I think usually celebrities have a side they like. Okay. So we start from there. And oh, yes. Like, which, which side do you prefer? Because at the end of the day... Let's say if I if we take a photo from the other side and they don't like it, mm-hmm. we're just gonna have to do it again. Yeah. So it's just better to just work with them, mm-hmm. have a com- you know communicate with them real time and just see what we can work with, mm-hmm. and then just basic com- like you know poses and stuff. If it gets too complicated, you know people can get frustrated. Mm. And this is also case by case by project, but typically I try to keep it simple, mm-hmm. sophisticated, you know, structured. Mm. What do you do when you're working with a subject that maybe isn't receiving or it's kind of like doesn't feel like being there today communication communication you know okay. at the end of the day it's um this is a skill game but it's also a, um it's a it's a person-to-person you know mm-hmm. type of situation most of the time so you have to be understanding mm-hmm. you know sometimes you do have your bad days and sometimes you're tired stressed mm-hmm. etc but at the end of the day if you're willing to communicate you know be understanding mm-hmm. and take the time to actually care for that person mm-hmm. usually nine times out of ten it's okay do you ever get stressed out in, in these situations? All the time. All the time. Okay. They, oh my goodness. <laughs> this last time I had to do a shoot in Paris mm-hmm. and <laughs> the turnaround was like one hour. And it, yeah, it just was not realistic. What? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it was like they were blowing up my messenger like, you know, you know, so it's like the pace is definitely case by case also, but it's, that was very stressful. Really? Oh my God. Did you get it done? <laughs> you're like i was stressed fuck out but i did get it done yeah, I wow if you're prepared mm-hmm. even if you're stressed you can create something magical there and you know mm-hmm. deliver something that the pr- client is happy with hello yeah. everybody this is emily if you've reached this part of the interview that means you're at the end of part one so you can check back for part two next week in the meantime make sure to keep up with everything revolutionize the stage on our instagram and twitter at rev the stage pod thank you for listening see you next week bye